Hey everyone. Back again. We are. Well, for us it's been like not even five minutes. Yeah, um, it feels to you, it feels like an eternity. It feels like at least two weeks, maybe longer if I didn't get my shit together. So, <laughs> I am Andy. I'm Kano. And this is the Diplomacy Games podcast, um, the preeminent podcast for uh, playing diplomacy online. Mainly because it's the only podcast about playing diplomacy online. Although Captain Neem and a few of the web dip folks got together and did a a, a live vidcast Ooh. of a diplomacy game. Really? They did. Yes. Oh. Why well, is it like a um, an online version or a face to face game? No, it was an online. So they, they were playing diplomacy live. Yeah. And invited people to. So their conversation and discussion was over um, online and was recorded at the time. Wow, okay. So um, that was Captain Meme doing his thing over in WebDip. Um, another <laughs> another young another young one, another the young uni student with all this time in the ha- on his hands. Yep. Um, I, I, I delved into it. Um, I, I think there's, there's definitely room for improvement <laughs> in... Um, what the quality of the game, or the? Um, oh, well, you're, you're talking from a, an old hand after from, twenty uh, now the twenty eighth episode of you know hey I I know what to do even though you don't do anything about this podcast it's all <laughs> me it's all you <laughs> no I you just sorry oh sorry I, I just got to defer uh, to the talent here it, it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at this point in time people are listening go this is why I like tuning into the back to back episodes because they're already drunk the from the one, beginning already drunk. <laughs> Um, well, we'll put it this way: the game started in at, at, at twelve and a half minutes into the live game, yep. and they got about four or five seasons in, maybe a bit more, so over, crashed over a three-hour no. period. Wow, that's a long time—two and a half hours. Yeah. But there were some fun moments in it. It was fun. Uh, um, how did they run it, though? Sorry, how did they run it? Like, like, did how did you as you because you were watching it? Uh, not, How did you get not an live, idea? Not live. I wasn't watching it live. Oh, I, I thought you said you were. It was streamed live. Streamed live, but you watched the delayed. I watched the delayed after event ah, occurrence. Okay. Yep. Um, but how did they get around that issue of like with multiple? Was it? I, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking. If how many players? So seven. So seven player classic. I assume. Being web dip. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a classic map. So uh, you said it was a was it gunboat or, or normal press? Well, normal press. obviously full press. It must have been full press. So oh, no, how hang did on, you? Hang on. It must have been a gunboat, but they were all online at the same time, talking to each other, doing their discussions. How's that gunboat? Well, it must have been because otherwise people would have been sending off side messages. Oh, you're saying they whilst had... they were actually discussing so, it on. So you're saying that line, the line. that the um, the text based yep. ability to converse yes was unavailable because it was gunboat. I'm but assuming you had the ability. Don't you remember this? Were you drinking at the time? I was, but that's that's beside <laughs> the point. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's more to the point, isn't it? So um. So what I was kind of trying, what I was trying to say was, presumably, then they were having via Skype or some other form of um, uh, audio communication digitally. They were kind of talking to each other about whatever, which would be interesting about how you'd manage that so you don't kind of you talk to the right person and 
Although, actually, the good thing about that was you could have, theoretically, group conversations because, as you know from when we've done our interviews, you can have multiple people involved into the group Skype. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, well, a little bit like the way way Playdip runs things with your ability to kind of group conversations together if you want to have a group conversation. And we'll be talking a little bit about the Conspiracy app, which I raised a couple of episodes ago, um, which also has a similar function yeah, okay. there for um, discussion. Right. I'm just trying to find, at this stage... Um, where it was posted it's posted on the forum somewhere um what's that on your ipad it looks like is it beard hair i hope it's beard hair what that oh it's a scratch it's a scratch <laughs> <laughs> oh god look i'll just keep on fiddling around with this whilst we talk about something else so um, let's talk about drinking so what are you drinking at the moment i am drinking oh god it was a <laughs> I can tell you what it was. Oh, listeners, Kane has gone back to the bar. Huh? It's in Australia. Australia, yeah, Cerveza. Cerveza. Cerveza, that's what I said. Or as most Australians would call it, be in Australia. Sorry, Australia. Estrella? Estrella. Estrella. But, of course, those of us who speak Spanish would know that the double L is pronounced with a Y, so it's just Australia. Which is kind of sounds a lot like Australia. Anyway, we are currently in the Euro restaurant. So this is actually a restaurant rather than a bar because we're waiting for the bar to open upstairs, which is the laneway bar. So hopefully it won't be too much longer until the um, the, the, um, the barman in the restaurant says, hey, all clear, you can go upstairs. You can head on up. Um, but I should say what I'm drinking at the moment. Yeah, what are you drinking? So I am drinking a, based on the barman's recommendation... Nice job. A Marcelo Pelle, uh, sorry, Marcelo Peritti, Peritti, P-E-L-L-E-R-I-T-I, Sol Fa Sol Malbec from Mendoza, Argentina. Did you say all that in a Spanish accent? Si. Si, si. Cheers. <laughs> so I haven't had any of this before. Have you had your cider yet? No. No, no. What'd you get again? It's a beer. Oh, it's a beer. <laughs> <That's your laughs> voice. Sorry for my confusion there, listeners. When we turned up, uh, Kana kind of asked, oh, what cider do you have? And the barman said, oh, we've got the um, the five. No, no, no. It was the hill, the, hill it was the hill cider or the summer's beer. Yep. And um, Kana for a while was trying to work out you know, what he wanted. And he kind of asked. And the barman said, well, this one's a bit, bit fruity. And this one's more... And at that point of time, I started making fun of Kano in front of the barman around, you know, girly drinks and things. And, and then he kind of gave me a bit of a death stare and then kind of stomped off <laughs> politely <laughs> to the other end of the bar to check the beer taps and came back and ordered a man's drink and ordered a beer. Which is a Spanish... Spanish so. beer that is Spanish <laughs> Euro. What's manly other than well, a Spanish Well, you know, you're man. in a, a bar called the Euro, so why not Euro, drink so why not a beer from European the European beer. continent? Yes, anyway. So anyway, I'm going to try the smell back for the first time. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it smells good. Okay, good. So you're happy with the bartender's recommendation? Better than the last place. Last place is sniffing at the moment, folks. He's still sniffing. Hasn't quite taken a sip yet. Here we go. Oh, it looks like he likes it. Oh my god, that is so good. It's a nice that, one. Like that one's like sixteen bucks a glass. Okay. The last place I had was twelve bucks a glass. 
the four dollars differential, that's like a double. Quite little between us, I'd pay double that. Mm. Okay, so it shoots all over the other one. Oh, that's actually I paid double now. Actually, I'd go back to the other place and demand the other one be cheaper. But <laughs> um, this is a. That's a. a I better give some tasting notes for those who want tasting notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? What does it smell like? Smell, palate. It smells know. like heaven in a glass. Okay. And it tastes even better than heaven. Okay. Well, it is magically fruity with a little bit of um, acid on the back palate. Um, wonderful mouthfeel. Very impressed. Very okay, impressed. Right. I'd actually say this is probably the best wine I've had in our drinking jaunts whilst recording. Even better than that hole in the wall on Fortitude Valley. That was a nice Ooh, one. That was a good one too. Yeah. I'd actually say this one, but I'm probably being influenced. You know why? This is most recent. <laughs> I don't know what. Well, yeah, because that's right. I can't remember how I want to taste it. But um, I think I mentioned when we came in that I, I said to, to you, actually the barman, that I hadn't been here for five years and actually worked out mentally. It was longer ago. It's probably about seven years ago. Yep. I came here for a, um, a work project where we'd kind of finished this massive, massive project around um, a website development. Okay, yeah. And um, we came here to celebrate going live. Mm-hmm. And I had a bottle of wine at that point in time, and that was one of the best bottles of wine I had up until then. Okay. So it wasn't the same wine. No, 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 very different no, one. The, yeah. the, one, the one I had was an Australian wine. So much so that I actually went off afterwards and bought a few bottles of it. Oh, yeah. Three or four of them, of which are still in my wine cellar. Oh, yeah. Said with, you know, in. Inverted What's that? Brackets. Inverted brackets with comma my fingers, comma yeah. fingers. Yep. Um, my wine cellar, of course, is a little cupboard underneath the stairs. <laughs> Under lock and key. No, 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 no. Although, <laughs> I learned a lesson from my uh, my brother-in-law where they, they have some nice wines, some very nice wines. Okay. But he's the type of guy that when he goes out drinking, he likes to go out drinking. A lot. Well, not a lot. No, he's a responsible drinker. Responsible, yeah. he's, 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 a, he's a great guy. You'd like him a lot. Um, I think everyone does. He's hard not to like. Okay. But um, the problem is we kind of go, after being going out drinking, and then he kind of comes home, he just likes to kind of keep the ball rolling. So and he would keep on drinking. So he okay. used to kind of go and hit up, and they, and they were actually, they had a proper um, uh, wine fridge, you know what I mean? To kind of keep it all at the right type of temperature. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd often go and take like a... Hundred, two hundred dollar bottle of wine after he's been fucking getting plastered. Oh, no. Just crack it open. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> so his lovely wife, who is my uh, my sister in law, uh, Mrs. Amby's sister, actually put a little sign saying, you know, David, don't drink this side. <laughs> this side's okay. Yeah, don't this side's it. okay for when you come home, Tess. Don't drink this <laughs> side. And it's something that I then kind of work. That's a great idea. Because I've done that occasionally. Oh, no, no one here as much um, as him. Yeah, okay. So all that stuff that's the good stuff goes on my left-hand side of the cupboard under the stairs. Oh, and just the cheap plonk that just gets drunk on a regular basis is on the right-hand side. Oh, I see. So that's how you keep yeah. Okay. And it's like literally a bit of a bit of cardboard a cardboard divider down the middle <laughs> that I've kind of curled around and wrote, Don't drink this size. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a bit of um, a bit of advice from down under on how to 
um, avoid drinking your high quality wines when you're uh, oh my home god that is so good on the plonk <laughs> <laughs> we were talking um, and this is a diplomacy podcast. Oh, not a, um, sorry, I totally how, forgot how to, about that. How, to save you how about we just change podcast. it all? This be just all about wine. From now on, wine and, and, wine and beer, beer and girly drinks. <laughs> um, we'll reboot the whole series. Reboot we'll just, it? Yep. Yep, we'll call it. There's probably um, more people interested in a bloody drinking tour podcast anyway. Call it Two Aussies Getting Drunk and Diplomacy. Yeah, dot com. It's probably taken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? So we were. Did we actually start talking about the first thing? We haven't even got off. We haven't even got onto item number one, and we are twelve, almost thirty minutes in. Yeah, okay. nice work. Been, yeah, yeah. Nice work, Kane. Bravo. Um, we were talking about balls. Um, you sure? I thought we were just we talking balls at the last place. We're talking balls right. again. Yeah, yeah. We are talking balls again. You're right. We are talking balls. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Um, Have you started it yet? No. Because um, it's been two weeks since the last episode. It has been two weeks. Five, yes, yes, I will have started. I will have no, not started the game. You would have started a thread, um, a thread on the forum advertising for the game to start. Yes, have you thought about promoting it in other channels like the web dip world and things like that? See if any of them are interested. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I know we've got a fair amount of crossover players. Who, who do come across from web diplomacy to play <laughs> to, to, to play at diplomacy when they want yep. to play variants? Um, so I know a lot of them do have um, multiple, like not they're not multiple encounters. They have no, they've got an account accounts, here and an account there. It's like having yep. a bank account. You can have a, ba- a bank account at two more banks. That's right. Um, so I, I guess you know, yeah, I may I, I may have advertised there get in from to get players interested in um, there's not the same amount of crossover from play dip that I've noticed right you know um, I yeah so so this game that's being advertised is for sea lanes I'm, I'm aiming for 35 players okay aiming for um, whether or not we get there or not that's another thing um, and I, I, I have said this in the past you know I'm, I'm happy to run a horse game for whichever amount of players and the variant that they would like to play on. But I do think that Sea Lanes would be a really cool variant to play a game with boss on. Yep. There's um, only one little problem. What's that? I'm shit at Sea Lanes games. I always screw up on it. Yeah, but you're okay at boss. You managed to keep yourself alive several times in a couple of boss games purely because of the boss. Yeah, but... I know. I just, I just don't seem to do well in, in, in sea lanes. I just, others do exceptionally well. That it shit all over now. Gameplay, even like in that divided states game where I'm playing Oregon. Yeah. Okay, where one player said, "If you go into the overseer zone, consider that a declaration of war." And I thought, "All oh, right, that's a, a bit strong." <laughs> and this was a this was a player I was trying I wasn't trying to pick a fight with them you know what I mean it, and they weren't an immediate neighbour they're like a neighbour of a neighbour that could only really reach me via this particular sea lane and I thought 
okay. <laughs> and didn't go into the overseer zone. Just went into some, you know, you know, the Ponzi ones that are around the overseer zone. Yeah, yeah, the sea lanes themselves. Yeah. Meanwhile, California goes into the overseer zone and then just starts screwing out a big time. Not good. Not good. Not. Should have gone with your gut instinct. What? Move to, to the move to the overseer. What? Zone. End up then having a, a bloody fight with California and Alaska. What was it, Alaska? Alaska. And then oh. I've got bloody Washington screwing me. That's not a good start to a game there, Andy. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and sorry, and Idaho as well as in my backyard. Okay, all right. Well, the thing is, I mean, you should, you should view the, the, the overseer zones as being the, um, the original territory that they were. It's only that each original territory has sub-regions which are traversable. So when someone says to me, you can't go there, it's considered a declaration wise go, well, this is an ordinary this is an ordinary territory. Well, it is. It, it is an ordinary territory. Just with special powers. Well, no, it has Magical powers. powers. No, there's no magical powers. Yeah, it does. Like, uh, but there's been a number of variants that have picked up on the sea lanes idea, which is really yeah. cool, I think. You know, so we've got the divided states. Um, yes. There's the Mars variant has sea lanes in it. Yeah, I think I've played that one and screwed up on the lines on that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw that one Track up. record <laughs> is really, really bad. Well, well, maybe we could arrange for you to, you know... How about a World War IV game without sea lanes? Actually, like no, I'm, no, I'm no good at that either. 6.2. No, I'm Look, just... If, if, we're do, if we're going to do... You, like do, a, you do your yeah, own thing. Because no, as you said, there's, like, there's two elements to the board. There's the board and then there's the boss. So we, we you Look, if we end up with like you know thirty four really interesting players, then maybe um, you know well, I would run the the, the the sea lanes. But if we get thirty five interesting players, maybe I'll do the six point four um, World War format without the sea lanes. So oh, one's got thirty four, one's got thirty five, isn't it? Yeah, thirty four is the six point two. Okay. World War Four game. Um, you do whatever. You're the you're the you're the boss man. Well, just drum up some interest, you know, because it's. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. yeah, look, I must admit, as we've said before on many, 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 many occasions, boss, it's a lot of fun. It's got dimensions way beyond normal dip. Yep, yep. Absolutely. But it's all related to dip, so it's yep. like a parallel dimension, like a game within a game, <laughs> and <laughs> you're still playing the game. But there's another game that influences the game. Yeah. Does that make sense? Or we had too much to drink already? No, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes yeah, perfect yeah, sense. Yeah. So it's like it's another like a, a layer of shit cake above it. But shit cake? Shit cake? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is shit cake? It's like another layer of things you have to be concerned about. Actually, I, uh, I know what I know what a shit cake is. <laughs> so I've already given a bit of an overview around... I, I shouldn't have had that first pint before you even got there. <laughs> did you have a whole pint? I did have a pint, yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Anyway, <laughs> when I was younger, okay, much younger, I must have been about eight or nine, <laughs> my parents had some good friends that they liked to... Um, a bit of bit of ribbing, a bit of, bit of fun, you know what I mean? And this is how how old they were, because I think it was like the um, the friend, the, the, the lady... The, the, the wife or whatever, a friend of the family who uh, was coming up to her 40th birthday, which is scary because it's like younger than I am now. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but back then, that was like really, really old. I'm sure anyone listening now is going, yeah, yeah, you're really old, Andy. Anyway, so my mum my actually made literally a shit 
cake. It was made out of a cow patty that she iced. And she brought along as the birthday cake. And and this woman, Jan, was like, oh, she really felt sorry for my mum that, you know, things didn't work out. And, you know, my mum obviously tried to do something to make it look okay. But, you know, because of the shape of the patty, she didn't know. So it, like, was... It wasn't totally flat, kind of it was a little bit lob- lopsided, a little bit. So it wasn't. For real. Shit, cake. <laughs> anyway, whilst, whilst kind of composes himself, I guess the main thing was there was a few learnings from the last boss, kind of, and uh, you know you've you've had a lot of time to think about your learnings and how to apply that to the, the next boss game? Um, uh, yeah, yes. Um, so, for one, I'll be more stringent on... By the way, I must, must admit, um, you do really well to compose yourself yeah, <laughs> very don't, quickly. Don't, don't, don't bring up that story. <laughs> so, anyway, let's go back to it. So, you said you learnt what? I learnt that I lose a lot of my time by chasing up after players for their orders yes yes um, that's on, on uh, if it's going to be a large scale boss game that's not going to happen if you miss your order you miss your order too bad so sad too bad you know it's there um, and also eliminated players there was a lot of time lost for me trying to organise for players to be reminded by a, um, a private message to put in their orders if they were still interested in competing in the boss itself because unfortunately that's one of the things which occurs in these boss games is if you're eliminated on the board you tend to lose interest in actually playing on the boss mm-hmm. um, side of the game itself so a global post on that on that game saying you know reminded that there's 12 hours to boss deadline yep and then full stop. No. So eliminated players, obviously, sorry, eliminated on the board. Yeah. You could still play the boss of course if you, you want to still play the yes, boss. Yes. Yes. But you're kind of saying like if you were regularly not putting in boss related orders, you might just get scrubbed after like effectively like maybe a couple of NMRs on the boss. You might just go ah screw you, you're out. I'm not going to yeah, remind I'm you anymore. Anyway, um, no, no, but I'm not going to remind that anyone who's I'm not going to. But previously on boss games, I had EM players who I hadn't received orders for the boss side of things. Yes. Saying, hey, you know, you got 12 hours, just a reminder to send me orders. That's not going to happen. I'll just post something in the global saying, yep, 12 hours to go, send me your boss orders. If I get it, great. If I don't, well, bad luck. Okay. Um, another thing which I think would be useful for the setup of the game um, is to make it a winner take all but have a really small buy-in, like a one-point buy-in. Yes? I win a tackle on the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The boss is still there. Yep. And with my um, mod powers, um, the boss would have uh, an overall value of, I don't know, let's say there'd be a points value assigned to you. If you won the boss, you would get X amount V points. Yeah. 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 But it's got nothing to do with ranking. You get your V points if you win the boss down to, I don't know, maybe 
the top three get you know, 150, 25 consecutively. So there's value to winning the balls aside from the board, and there's value to winning the board for the winner take all V rankings. So last time around, there was some conversation around the last game we proportional played was a, stuff. Yeah, the last game, what, proportional stuff. But wasn't it like, oh, was it? I'm trying to remember. I thought there was like a, no, you're right. It was all based on the pure balls, wasn't it? And there was conversation around yeah. about should it be maybe a certain percentage around the overall ball score, a certain percentage on the board score, that when you combine them you had an overall score which determined who won and who yeah who and won who came second yeah like that's that. right and Captain Meme came up with an interesting equation um, was it like a 60 40 or was it 70 30 or something like that um, uh, and it, it's been quite a while now since I've thought about it in depth um, but I, I'm, I'm leaning towards well if others want to get up and running on a boss game with variations within the boss then they're more than welcome to set a game up. But as for myself, I'm going to run with the pure boss rules and not look at altering um, the value to uh, the boss winnings, I guess you'd say. Uh, Are you open to, when, with your with your little forum thread that you've already created, when people listen to this but haven't actually been created when we're recording? Yeah. Um, are you open to conversations on that? Like if everyone goes, no, 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 let's, let's, let's kind of mix it up a bit. Because it, was, oh, okay, it wasn't look, just it wasn't just the proportional maybe 70-30, 60-40 thing. There was also, uh, and I can't remember which player it was that made the recommendation, and I thought, yeah, that is interesting. It's around almost like a the way a market correctly works. You know, if you want to buy uh, currency in a player... You need a seller to be yeah. able to sell that yep. currency yep. rather yep. than yep. this magical yep. Yep. Um, poker machine that just keeps providing money, you know what that I mean, was, without um, actually any consequences. Correct. That was you can't handle the truth. And he was going to set up a whole uh, system that would allow for that to occur within the buying and selling. So we need to get a hold of folks. Truthy and yeah. say, hey. What's going on? We need to get you involved in this conversation because, I mean, yeah. personally, and this is just my experience, that really appealed to me. Well, it would it would sound like a great way, a great step forward, but I don't know how I would implement a system like that as a game master. So we need to get him involved in that conversation, and he might just go, "Look, nah, that's um, I'm an ideas man." Yeah. Not an implementer. And from that point of view, it might be uh, over to um, yourself or anybody else to do it. And if no one is no prepared to do it because uh, they're not really into it. It could be like, like a, it could be like a, uh, some sort of ratio or proportional value assigned to those shares. So let's say, you know, player X sells 100 shares. Mm-hmm. And that's the only set of shares which... Are for sale that season. The only one, but twenty players have said, "I want to buy as much of players X that they've sold as possible." Yeah, right. So then you would make a the the algorithm would be that they've each spent 
the maximum amount of float that they have yep. on a hundred shares divided by twenty. Yep. And that would be the amount of shares that they end up with. And that would also give you a dollar value on how much each share is worth. Yeah, I think it's something Does similar to that. Yeah, so I like kind that. of imagine let's say you start the game. Let's 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 make the math easy. There's thirty five players yeah, in the game. Yeah. Okay. And every player starts with a thousand units. Yeah. I don't want to use the word share, do then people start getting confused with the stock market versus like a currency market. Yeah. yeah. But a thousand units, because that's what we actually use, isn't it? Oh, it actually becomes a thousand. But it doesn't matter. I'm getting off my point. A thousand units of every player's currency. Yeah. And every player's currency from the very beginning is worth one. Yeah. So everything's all balanced at that point of time. Yeah. And then you could, and I, I think it even would work with that. Do you know how there was like usually like a, uh, a, a sell ceiling? So you couldn't sell more than a certain amount, was it? Like yeah, you can only 10% sell, or um, 500, 500 units. 500 units. Okay. Yes. So um, let's but, say, you, yeah. I, I don't know if you, you wanted to keep that or not, but the idea being that like if, if you've, the market would allow, if someone was able to manage some type of market environment where you kind of put in saying, I want to buy X number at this price and whatever like that. It's it is definitely co- far more complex than the it's existing a far more complex to the, yeah. So it does really. I, I totally agree with you. It does need a separate process and system for how that's going to be managed. Now that being said, I would have thought such a thing probably exists, but I don't know where. And if someone was prepared to kind of find that yeah. or work out how to do that within an Excel spreadsheet or something like that, so that it was no hassle to you or even like let's say I don't know maybe they don't even have to send you ball source you know how you have kind of you usually had like a Google spreadsheet didn't you yes so you know you still have a Google spreadsheet and people can just put in their thing there and the spreadsheet just goes and does all of its magic shit and works it all out now I'm not saying you should do that I'm not saying I should do that what, like a real time boss that's running along I didn't even think about a real time boss, but geez, but that's that would what, be that's what you sort of say. That would be interesting, interesting wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how the system yeah. was actually configured. But if someone was able to find such a way of doing that, and oh, and mate, the fact I mean, that you know the fact yeah. that these things exist in real life, maybe maybe it is, I don't know. It's worth a conversation. It's worth putting out there, I reckon, and just getting people saying, "Yeah, I'm prepared to do that." Maybe you can't handle the truth. Is prepared to do that. Maybe not. And, it, and if it's one of those things that just falls into a big shit heap because it's too hard for everybody, we've got oh, a backup so plan, yeah. which we know yeah. works and works pretty bloody well. Yeah. I'm just trying to, from my perspective, add a little bit of, uh, a bit of, bit of, bit of something, you know what I mean, beyond where we're at, because I'm worried that the boss is becoming predictable in its gameplay. Well, where, where look, was, you know, certain players. And you can go back and you can listen to all the recordings, what we've said in the past. Yeah. There's certain behaviours that, if you know how to game the system, again, the, with air quotes, you point. can kind of, you know, you can pretty much get ahead at the beginning and maintain a lead on that whilst other people who aren't savvy to that just fall behind. It's kind of like, okay, it's like sea lanes. For those players that know sea lanes and know how to play it well, they've got, a, they've got an advantage. For those schmucks like me, no still fucking idea. Still screwing around what to do. <laughs> You're going to be at a disadvantage from day one. Uh, 
So if you kind of just, you know, reboot the whole thing and have a different way of doing it, it would kind of challenge everybody's approach at that point of time. So you're essentially saying there needs to be some sort of mechanism within the force to allow for someone who's at mid-range or lagging in the force rankings to, to luck still into or even claw um, back claw back into yeah. um, the force. And I'm not saying something that where you are literally, you know, you're striking lucky and maybe you go from second last to second. I think that's that's a bit far. But if you had something where you can kind of steadily progress, you know, maybe from second last to, you know, quarter of the way, yeah. halfway, if you kind of played your card right, cards right after maybe four or five turns, you could maybe turn yourself around. Hmm. That's worth thinking about. Yeah. And like you say, like it'd be worthwhile reaching out to you can't handle the truth and just having a... And others. And others who I tell you what contributed to the system. No, actually, no, it wouldn't work. I was going to suggest a particular player who has a, a very strong interest in finance markets and economics, but then I realised, no, he's more interested in trade and labour markets. Hmm. But yeah. we won't go there. No, he knows no, who he that's is. A, yep, that's another and, conversation. Uh, so time. I got mixed, mixed up there. Yep. Hey, um, I wonder if upstairs is open yet. Because at the moment, I feel like a bit of a nod in moment. We're sitting down here with no one. There's probably going to be no one upstairs too, but... But at least we'll be in another environment that we were aiming for in the first so place. Should so, should we... Since we're finished up on the boss... Yep. And we're half an hour in, should we look at maybe checking if we can move upstairs? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll be back in a sec, guys. Hey, guys, we're all back again. And we are back and recording and live. And at a totally different pub again. Again, this turned into an impromptu this pub crawl. This is a very impromptu pub crawl. So we, uh, we did end up going upstairs to the bar... Remember when at the Euro they said, oh, yeah, yeah, when we turned up, it's not ready, uh, the laneway's not ready yet, uh, you'll have to um, just, just sit here and have a drink. Oh, yeah, they, yeah that's cool. And yeah. I had my rather quietly orgasmic wine. Plus <laughs> well, you had your, um, you know, your European-inspired beer. Mediocre European beer. And we decided we're going to go, let's go upstairs. And, like, there was no one at the bar downstairs, so we thought, oh, well, we'll just go upstairs. No and there was either. no one up there, like no staff, no patrons, and it's like, yeah, no, nah. yeah, time to move on, time to move on. And so we are at the post port office hotel, port office hotel, yeah. So which is not the actual old port office building. No, that's right. So we came down this end of town, which which kind of said, hey, I've never been down this end of town before. This is probably the one of well, this is one of the older older parts of, of Brisbane. So um, quite nice architecture there. Lovely, yeah. lovely little you know colonial architecture. So opposite the Port Office Hotel is the Port Office, and then um, next to that is the Naval Office. And Kana started lecturing me on. Cause I said, "Oh, that's that's the Queensland office." And I said, no, 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 Queensland never had a naval office. I just couldn't believe it. You know, and then we walked past, and it's like for 1900, the building uh, edifice said 1900, and um, Australia formed as a country in 1901. But then I said, no, 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 no. Okay, you might be a little bit right there. Maybe they're getting that ready for like the Australian Navy. And I said, but no, I thought, I thought clearly it was the Queen's Navy. Surely there was a Queen's Navy with a Queensland base. Well, the Queen ruled everything, didn't she? Uh, but I, I, I didn't. I, what I didn't realise was that there was colonially managed naval, yeah, 
infrastructure. So in then place. I, I, I took, I I took, I took Kane on a little bit yeah. more of a walk, and um, we went down down by the river bank, and I pointed across the other side of the river where there were these old buildings, which were literally like the naval shipyard, so to speak, of the Queensland colonial, colonial navy, navy prior to Australia yeah. being formed. And the reason, and kind of saying, how do you know all this shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, how do you know all this shit? Well, because I, 10 years ago, when I thought I wanted to do something different and write a novel. Oh, write a novel. Which yeah. I never finished. Still but, ongoing. Well, no, no, I just got to stop writing. <laughs> <laughs> never a good way to finish a novel is to stop writing. And it was a alternate history of Australia, which was based around a war between the colonies. That was actually the inspiration for me to create Made Against Mate as a variant. It's all coming together. And as part of this, I kind of took a really, really serious effort as a author (laughs) to, to do the research in this. So I kind of checked all this stuff out. And in fact, the area that I kind of showed Kana, which we had photographs of, was like where the naval shipyards were. And, and basically, this was like for each of the states, when they were colonies, they kind of were independently managed. Yes. Okay? And they were all worried about the Russians coming, so they would always build these really piss-weak fleets and put guns out in the middle of nowhere, ready to kind of blow up the Russian fleet when they turned up. It would have just been like dinghy shooting at a whaler. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but the Russians the never episode, turned up. Yeah, they never turned up. They never got out of Manchuria. They're and too busy getting their asses kicked by Japan in Japan. 1905. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Was 1905 or 1908? No, I think it was 1905. 1994. No, 1905. 1905. Um, the Sino... No, no, the, the Japo-Russo war. Sino-Russo war. No, not Sino. Japo, Jap- Japo Japanese-Russian war. They were fighting over... Um, well, it was over, over Port Arthur, which became, which is the name that was given to it, but it was like a, I don't know. I thought it was like was. the last decade of... It was when it was the first 20th, time... The 19th that, century, wasn't it? Like no, 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 no. It was during Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Really? Um, okay. Absolutely, because he actually brokered the peace agreement in New York and got the Nobel Peace Prize. Huh. There we go. And uh, I know this because... Theodore Roosevelt's my favourite president. Anyway, so um, as every as every, every American boy's favourite president would be, um, but in doing the research for all that, you know, I kind of learned about all these things, and, and that's that, that's what formed the basis of Mate Against Mate. There you go, a bit of background, so, history which of course is all about an alternative history where the states never kind of combined into a single country, a single country called Australia and they went off and did their own thing. And, and then they yeah. fell apart during the 1970s and had a bit of a fisticuffs. Because that's when we had lots of very flamboyant, powerful uh, politicians as opposed to now where they're just like hit each other with wet lettuce leaves and when oh. they're not kind of sleeping with their former staff members, which became happened to our Deputy Prime Minister this week. This week? Week before. Oh, the week before. And he had, yeah. No, this week he had to stand down. He yeah, kind of he quit. he stood down. Yeah. Um, this was so the, this, this week was the, in politics. This, this is the Deputy Prime Minister that I think made uh, international news in America when he um, he kind of kicked out Pistol and Boo, the yeah, dogs the, of the Johnny dogs, Depp, yeah. when Johnny Depp was out here filming Pirates of the Caribbean, the, the saga never ends. <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I, I think I think a lot of the, the biggest stink out of all of that was this guy, you know, pretty much got up on conservative values and traditional family um, unity and it uh, always totally gets you. against this whole. Um, you know, and he was too this, busy this recent plebiscite we had, and then he was uh, you know busy screwing his um, secretaries. So you know, I mean, where does that, how can you stand? Well, he got around it though, because before the, apparently the relationship started, uh, the 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 it actually wasn't his secretary; it was like his media advisor or something. Oh yeah, but you know, but anyway, employee. But yeah, so in other words, there was uh, he, I think he kind of worked out got got uh, this media advisor a job with another cabinet minister within the government, so that it wasn't a conflict of interest. The fact that he was. Maintaining a relationship, and, with and now the big boohoo is that you know he can't. He's, he's moving out of his um, rent-free house, which he's been living in for the last god knows how long, um, because he's. Yeah. But Australian oh, sorry. politics. Oh yeah, diplomacy. That's right. Back to diplomacy. Young. Anyway, so there we go. That's uh, well, we did have a diplomacy angle. I talked about mate against mate. Oh, and where yeah, we yeah, were. yeah, yeah. And actually, of... we did go we, before we came here. Though we went to another bar. Which I wanted to really seconds. go to, called the Silver Fox, which is a wine bar. But I did actually put a caveat before, and I said, "Look, Kana, if there's no one there, and it's dead as the last place, we'll keep going." Yeah. I was going, "Please, please be people in there. Please be people." In there. No one. Yeah. So here we are, getting drunk on a Thursday night at a seems to be quite a little. Yeah, it's nice not a bad bar. Yeah, not, not a bad, bad bar. bar. So I'll take a photo in here. So, so you uh, got uh, obviously a different beer because we we're in a different location. Yeah, I'm drinking. Um, Little Creatures, Rogers, Rogers Little Creatures, and you were drinking the a SC Parnell Tempranillo from the Adelaide Hills, I think. Okay, well, cheers, again. cheers. Oh, double clink, double clink. I don't think we've right. done that before. Right. Um, nice. So, quite apart from pale your, shade um, from the previous one. <laughs> not orgasmic. Not at all. In your spare time, Andy, I hear that you're involved in doing some test runs over at the lab. That would be correct, Kana. That's uh, very spontaneous and not at all you pointing to the run sheet and reminding me that's what we're going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I am involved in the the lab. So um, listeners will remember a couple of of, uh, episodes back, I talked about the Austrian succession test game that I was involved in at the lab. Oh, yes, yes. Which was a lot of fun. You know, that's I, one with minor powers, right? No, 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 no. You're getting confused with uh, uh, Versailles, which we don't yet have something like that. Oh, okay, yep, yep. Or 1812. So, um, now the Austrian Succession game is a, um, a game based around the Austrian Succession. You would have thunk. Yeah. Who would have thought it? And um, the first oh, game... I recognise this map. Yeah, it's, it's a very yeah. pretty map. It's the one with, like, little bits of random territories in the middle of nowhere, which yes, is, like, you know, yes, little yes. principalities and shit like that. So, anyway, in, the, in that first game I played, I played as uh, Piedmont Sardinia. Mm-hmm. And in the second game, I drew Piedmont Sardinia. Oh, again? Twice. Again, twice. So, what's, okay. what's the chance of that? Did you try a different strategy this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I did. Because last time around... Um, I pretty much got involved in an instant war with uh, Turkey, who I picked a fight with, and then I pr- promptly got stabbed by Spain. So then I was fighting a two-front war, which is never a good thing to be not, doing. Not a fun thing to be. And I made, yeah. I had, but I had a really good peace with France and uh, or France and Austria. Mm-hmm. Yes. This time around, I've got an awesome alliance with Spain. I'm at war with France. I'm at war with 
Austria and Bavaria, and I've got no real beef at the moment with Turkey, although Turkey's involved in a war with Spain, my ally. Hmm. Okay, fun stuff on the world of Austrian succession. But this one has literally also ticked over... Uh, this is the first time I've kind of checked it for a little while, this, this, this um, new game, which is a smooth succession. And um, I was actually really, really worried about this one, where I was going to be um, losing SC. Because I, um, you might see up here in in um, Venice, I had to, I was having Milan holding Venice because. Uh, oh, you're worried about this yellow and dark blue. Yeah, there's two yeah. Austrian units bordering Venice and Bava- the Bavaria or Bavaria. It was, was also ordering Croatia adjacent to Venice. No, remember this was um, now Croatia is just to to there. Yeah. Dalmatia is like a split territory, but mind you, that's not actually adjacent to Venice. Okay, so you were just getting your knickers in a knot about nothing. No, it wasn't. No, about Tyrolia. No, 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 because he he attacked me. You can see him attacking the, the oh, red he did. thing. Yeah. yeah, so he attacked me, and presumably the plan. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Yellow would say, support him, but yeah, yellow, Aust- but, but Austria um, missed his move. He missed his move. Okay, so you were, you were logically... And I was, yeah. I, was, I was kind of tapping Adriatic Sea with a pull Oh, because you had three adjacent defence. Yeah, that's right. And I only yeah. had one to be able to support that. Okay, yeah. So I kind of was a little bit bummed out. I knew to be able to try to... And, and I, I, I thoroughly expected, totally expected, between those three units uh, for the Adriatic Sea to attack me because then I'd try to cut support with Apulia, but of course that wouldn't make any difference and he would take an SC. But because he NMR... I thought you said you had, a, had an alliance with Spain. I do. Well, why did you support yourself into Provence? Because France Where? was in there. Oh, Provence. No, no, France was in there. That was a, that oh, was so a French so unit in Provence that was tapping uh, Bordeaux. Yeah, I think we're in retreat. Okay, you're, in, in? Re- oh, you're in, in retreat. Retreats. Okay, so there's a unit that's... Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, okay. So it's one of those things at the moment where like, I've improved my position uh, against France, but I really can't reach any of his SCs. So this variant, what is being tested specifically? Is it just for balance or are, you just like, are, are all territories connected? Is it all running? Are the colours working? Are the arrows all the correct colours? There was some actually random colour thing happening because at one point in time, Morocco randomly went blue, dark blue, huh? like Bavarian blue. Okay. No one knew why. <laughs> right. So someone did a hack, and uh, it's back to being normal, you know, back sandy normal, beige or yeah, whatever, okay, neutral yeah. beige. Um, but there were other changes that were made to the, the map for this time around. Some of the the, um, the province names were renamed based on advice from the previous game. So okay. Morocco was previously called Morocco and Tangier. Don't know why. So the idea being now it's following that normal convention within diplomacy games where the SCs of a neutral power are normally named after the country yeah. and uh, the SCs of yeah. a playing power are normally named after the city. Yes. So there were some previously... Uh, Provence, as a t- currently on the map, is a non-SC territory. Yep. Previously, it was also a non-SC territory, but it was called Marseille. Oh, which is normally yeah. yeah. So okay, now they've yeah, actually gone for a more yeah. proper regional name, yes, uh, because it's not a supply center. supply center. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. some of those changes happened. There was also some changes made to this map around the Atlantic. So the Atlantic, I think, was broken up into two separate territories. Instead of it just being the Atlantic, it's now far Atlantic and near Atlantic. 
Actually, that makes a lot more sense. Just visually, makes a lot more dynamic sense. Yeah, it made the position, place position yeah, in, yeah. in Atlantic before was too powerful. Yes. Now this yes, gives yeah. it a much better balance. Um, so what I'm looking at, folks, is um, what used to be one supply centre that was connected to Scotland, Ireland, Brest, Madrid, Portugal, Seville, and Morocco has now been split into two. Um, and I'm assuming it was so large because it wanted to allow for movement from Morocco to Scotland in or, two or moves, Ireland, yeah. or Ireland, um, or Brest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's a nice that's that's a nice um, balance balancing uh, move there. I think. And there was, and I can't remember how this all panned out, but there was also a change between the naval connection between Finland and Norway. I think there was one before, and now there is none. But it looks like there is one. No, I think it's an army connection. Oh, so it's army but not navy. Navy, yes. Makes and much sense. the same way, well, yeah, but Sweden different, you can move across. So anyway. this is getting pretty close to release then, is it? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, this is like the third iteration of it. Yep. Um, oh, actually, we got to the end of that, that first game and it was like, we could have actually kept playing. And like the competitive nature, and we want to keep playing, but it's like yeah. no, we've proved the concept. Yes, let's just wrap it up. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And yep. and these being lab games, they're not worth any points anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but no, this is a, a beautiful map. Enjoying that map a lot. And the other game I'm involved in at the lab is a little map that you might remember, Kana. Oh God. It's a little something something that you made. Oh, this just this this. It's the got, gift that just keeps on giving. It's got such a long half life. This thing. Okay, so this so, is the yep. someone's Mon- taking it up again. So Mongolian yep. Empire map. Okay, right. Which is still got- crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's still got- tell us about this map, Kana. Tell us about it. Oh my god! Apart from the That's fact right. that it's kind of inverted. Oh no, it's actually on, on ninety degree angles. It's been like turned on ninety degree angle. So instead of a, if you imagine, listeners, a normal map of the world, it's like. Europe is in the north, Europe south, is in yeah. the in the west, progressing over to Asia through to where you know Japan is in the east, uh, going all the way down to maybe Indonesia in the south. This, in fact, has then been turned ninety degrees towards the right. Yep. So Japan so, is yeah. like on the bottom of the map. Europe is on the top of the map. Indonesian area is on the west. And the Arctic is on the east. And at the very the very top is you've got your um, African borders. Oh, African borders, yes, yeah, yes. Because yeah, yeah. it's kind of, the world's kind of like pulled apart. Yeah, um, but it's still recognisably the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's very, it? very much so. If you, if you don't flip it, but you look at it from uh, your normal north-south axis, you can still recognisably yep, yep. see it as being the world. And the gameplay is um, great. You know, there's some wonderful additions that... Um, uh, have been built into this one. Now, I'm just trying to understand the attribution of this game. So, you've got your handle on this one and Ninja NRD. So, what does Ninja NRD do? Um, he took it and fixed up some of the connections and was playing around with it since then. And he's stopped fiddling around with it. Now, it's another person who's now taken it and is running with the development of this variant. So did you make this one from scratch? Uh, yeah, that's entirely from scratch. Um, this is to, yeah. pretty fucking amazing, as I say, from scratch. Not just mm. because you've kind of, you know, screwed around the, um, turned the wall upside, well, not well, upside okay, down. Well, okay, so the reasoning behind but, flipping the map um, is that... Because back then we place, couldn't have wide maps. 
Well, it, it takes place in the 14th century. Um, okay. So it's been missed. It's a rookie error calling it the 13th century. It's actually the 14th well, century. Well, that, that's just your rookie um, mistake because you made some. You yeah, wrote and that. look, look, I mean, I'm looking at a map right now that was started about eight years ago, right? And just put up there as a starting position. Um, eight years, seven years ago. It's going right back. But the thinking behind this is that. Um, this is just prior to the outbreak of the um, bubonic plague. Yeah. So there's a big die-off of units to start off with. And I love That's, this. This has made things so challenging at the beginning of the game. So pretty much every territory that you own or have a colour on, you start with a territory on it. Whether you have an SC um, in it or not. Or not. So everyone, no matter what you do, everyone's going to lose units at the start yeah. of the game. doesn't matter how many supply centres you take. Like I, for example, I am playing as... Who's that? Who's little bit of the I'm the Chagatai Karnate. So I start the game with eight units. Yep. But I also start the game with so in your relatively central two supply centres. <laughs> yeah. So you have to grab supply centres fast. And yeah. So that that's part of. Um, this whole process, and I really wanted something that simulated that whole, you know, massive die-off of countries at the height, well, of the Mongolian Empire at the height of its yep. um, reach, yep. essentially, um, because it was it was the Mongolian Empire that, you know, that it was the the largest area of ownership on the world. And um, almost immediately after the Black Death, it started to fragment into yep. different uh, cognates. And so um, I wanted to have that as a, as a, as a simulated um, environment where they could all work together, but the chances are is that they're going to fragment and start fighting each other into Cernine yep. in, in that sense. Now, for that to occur, because it was such a world-stretching, um, a world-stretching empire, you then had to sort of really think about well, what was going on in that century? Well, they were the 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 the, the Chinese branch of the, the the Mongolian Empire was trying to invade Tibet. They were interested and had um, interest in the Khmer Empire. See, first time ever you got your Khmer Empire thing yeah, yeah, so that, 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 that's, that's a long time coming. You know, they owned these trade routes. Um, there was these um, you know, quite interesting things that were occurring with the Golden Horde and in Europe. Because this I've, is the same time that the Crusades was going on. So you actually start with the European powers owning the, yeah, yeah, the Holy of, Land. Parts of the Holy Land, yeah, which they did, so... <laughs> You know, so, so throw it all together and talk about a... Um, and, you know, the, the crazy thing about all this is I've managed to fit it on a small map. Which, I, which I must admit, my, my so, if you put this thing. together seven, eight years ago, my hat goes off to young Kana around game. what yeah. you did because this is this is a magical map. Yeah, okay, you know how I said before I start off with two SCs? No, I don't. I actually start off with three. And there's so, so many small, little, little things that if you kind of, um, you start looking at it and you don't pay attention, or maybe you've had a few drinks, you don't pay attention. Um, there is like these little small uh, city-based territories, oh, yeah, which have got yeah, numbers yeah, yeah, yeah. on them. So that was taken from the, um, 
from that 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 nutty one from the, the German one with the cities where only oh 1648 1648 so you'll find that um, you can't actually take cities with fleets from memory is it no I don't know, I, I, I know, I know so, most of them start uh, off already yeah. with a uh, a standing army in yeah. it. Um, uh, but they're like they're very very compact. Imagine they're almost like city states. Yeah. So they don't yeah. take a lot of territorial space around them, um, but they're usually in quite geo strategic positions. You know they're, what I mean? They're, they're, they're aimed for as as bottleneck locations. And yeah, you've got your There's, normal run of the mill s no sorry non unit neutral SCs. Mm-hmm. But um, there's you, there's rivers that run through this with bridges in them. Yeah. Um, and so you can't actually cross with an army from one side of a river to the other ah. unless there's a bridge there. Or Just if you're like what I said about the divided states idea of them blowing up the bridges. Yeah, yeah, but if all the bridges are blown up. So the bridges are blown the bridges up. Are, <laughs> the bridges are blown up. Have another Rogers. <laughs> Getting closer to it. Um, you know, I, I look at this thing now. Yes, there's balancing issues, but I'd love to see it. And I'm really glad that it's been picked up in, 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 in some senses. Um, but apart from the rivers, which are like... Now, now I'm trying to remember, they're, they're like normal play, aren't they? Yeah, like they're not, you can just kind of go along them. But then yeah. you've also made these trade winds, which is like double speed, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the same time, you've got this um, interesting Islamic trade routes, which are hap- occurring from Africa all the way across to Indonesia via India. And so, well, how do you um, how do you simulate that sort of cross cultural um, thing which was going on? Which was um, the, these these states were powerful off this um, exchange of trade, but it was and, and that it needs to be put in there because it is adjacent to uh, the Mongolian uh, universe. So, essentially, you can move two spaces along the trade winds if you're a fleet. And this is something that I kind of, again, you know, a lesson for newbies or oldbies. Um, I talked about the rivers, but I forgot to totally mention the Silk Road. Yeah, there's a Silk Road. Which is kind of a similar nature to the trade winds Uh in the fact you can Uh move fast. That's right. But they're more like you can move fast along the road as opposed to just, you know, trudging along with no road. And the thing to remember on that is that there's uh, different segments of road. Yeah. Um, So uh, the Samoyedes doesn't go straight up to Kina, there's, there should be a break in Tashkent. Yep. So you can't move straight along the road two moves there because there's a break in the road. A break happens to be a supply centre. Um, so, But you could move, say, from Urgent straight to Armenia in one hit because there's the road that connects it yep. in two. Yep. So, so you've got all that, all happening. that happening. And then, <laughs> and then, then you have the Himalayas <laughs> yeah. and the the Great Wall of China, which yeah, effectively um, blocks some of the... Pa- so it limits the passes, much the same way the rivers, unless they've got a bridge. You can't really just go yes. bang from one adjacent territory into another if the wall or the Himalayan mountains are in the way without yeah. a pass. So... Um, the passes are there in, in, in many ways to simulate, well, you know, you can't move from one side of the Himalayas to the other unless you're going through passes. And it's a, it's, it's a leaf out of Tadar Estadan's um, playbook in the Renascimento variant where there so are... So Tadar Estadan from Renascimento. Yeah. Um, he had this idea. <laughs> That's what I said. 
Uh, he of these, course he did, Kana. He had these, these, these passes, which are impassable and were passable to certain angles. So that's the Himalayan concept. And the other one uh, is also playing around with that with the Great Wall, but lifted from History of the World. I don't know if you've ever played that board game. No, but I haven't, actually. There's a, there's a similar idea. Yep. So Peking can't... Or can move to Kilan, I suppose, because there's a thing there. Where would be a situation... Ziam can't move to Kilan because there's a great wall in between. Yep. Or Kara can't move to Ziam. But yeah, yeah. So it, it just it it, it it it's an attempt to break up some of that um, open borderland into a, a, a bit more of a digestible scenario. Mm. It's kind of cool that people have kept on keeping this alive in many ways. Obviously, there was something that I can't remember what it was that, that kind of caused you to go, ah, oh, fuck it, couldn't bother doing much work on that. What was, anymore? What was the what was the thing that was holding you back? Do you remember? I lost the names of the territories. <laughs> no, no, it was as simple as that. I lost the names of the abbreviated territories and went, fuck it, I'm not going to do the large map, fuck it. I'm oh, okay, so this is just yeah. a... What happens when I click on... Which one's, that's the large map, isn't it? Uh, no, that's arrows. This oh. one here is the large map. Come on. And be failed. No, and someone... And whoever's taken on board this has, 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 has made it larger. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Very pretty. Very pretty. So, yes, those are the two games I'm involved in at the lab at the moment. A lot of fun. Um, are you in many games at the moment, or are you just in just, just general stuff that just, we've just, talked about? Um, general stuff. Um, I've had a uh, full game press with the Conspiracy app. We spoke about this a couple of um, we, we, You've crossed something off that we didn't talk about. Um, yeah, that's Dutch Revolution. We'll talk about that at another time, because there's a lot that goes on. Yeah, we're kind of getting on already. Keeping an idea on the, on the time. Um, Good call. Oh, that's me. Can oh. pause this? Yeah, yeah, sure. Hopefully this button works. Yeah, the button works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry about that. Was yeah, sorry about call. that. You know, important phone call. Yeah. Um, uh, Tech team Kana was on the case. <laughs> yeah, printers and... Um, yeah, anyway. So um, we, we've kind of... I don't know about you, Kana, but... I'm getting a little pissy. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah, realise... Yeah. Um, as, as amusing and entertaining as it is for the listeners, probably I, I shouldn't have another drink. We do have real life. We do have real life yep. commitments, such yep. as you yep. know yep. being tech teams and things like that. So let's let's just knock off one more thing, um, and then and we might do yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a wrap because the last episode was like you know fundamentally you know, phenomenally long. It's quite a long one, yeah. And let's keep this one into a, a normal level so that the listeners don't kind of go batshit crazy. Again. Uh, so where was I? Oh yes, um, the conspiracy app. So I've oh, just, this yeah. is the one we talked about a couple of episodes ago that you showed me, and I thought, hey, that looks really, that looks really cool. But you said that there was um, there was a bit some issues at the time when it came to the community and yeah. some people pissing yeah. off yeah. and yeah. MMRing and things like that. But you've been playing a few more other games, I've, have you? I've, I've had a few more, and I've uh, just recently finished my first full press game. I played Austria um, and ended up in a draw. With it, um, how, many, the, how many way? It's a four-way draw. Okay. Um, Germany shouldn't have been involved in it, but was. Um, but no, oh, look, I'm kind of happy with the outcome of it. 
one of the cool things when it, when you've got uh, this app, you can communicate very easily to make kind of um, side chat rooms. Yeah. So you can have a global chat room with all seven players talking in it. But you can also have one with two players and you're talking just one on one, like as a normal, as as I. As, yeah, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Um, but you can also make ones like, you know, I'm talking as Austria to Italy and Turkey in one, but I can also make one that says I'm talking to Italy and Russia in another. Yep. And have those conversations. So that, that, that's a pretty powerful aspect to the um, the, to the full press. That's what I like about um, Playdip. Having that ability is, is makes yeah. it so much easier. But I didn't find myself being lost in that process if you understand what I'm saying like it was an easy yeah I want to talk to these two and at once and bam up it pops up that's easy enough to uh, manage that conversation well like, like when you showed me the other day I thought actually yeah. the interface was pretty intuitive it's an intuitive interface um, the downside to playing it on your phone is it's like playing it by SMS oh yes okay yeah yeah. So some of those, so for instance, like for me, you know, writing just a, you know, like a four or five sentence, you know, I disagree with you because of this, you know, I find what you've done a bit disturbing, you know, how about we look at doing X, Y, and Z instead, question mark, you know, it, it, it pops yeah, up. half and an it, hour. Well, actually I've got swipe text on my phone, so that's relatively quick. Um, oh, that's the, right, you're an Android. Yeah. Actually, that's probably the one good thing about Android. Just watch this. That's where you kind of randomly just move your fingers around where the keyboard would be and it goes, oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, essentially. You still get, you know, your, your muck-ups in the communication process. But um, So we're relatively fast um, in that sense. But, you know, having done that, you know, so you end up with five sentences, you know, it looks like a wall of text to the person reading it. Because in reality, what, what's happening is that most people are just replying in one-sentence responses. Yep. Like you would with a, g'day, how are you? All right, thanks. What's well, like, what do you it think puts, about it puts, Tyrolia? Yeah, it, it puts oh, yeah, the emphasis. I think we should move to Bohemia. Yeah, or yeah, alternatively, so like, you put the emphasis on this big, long message saying, hey, but we do this and do this, whatever, like that, and they go, yeah, okay, sounds good. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's <laughs> it's like, like well, what's Ooh. going on? You know, so... Look, um, I, I understand, and that would actually be quite exasperating where the interface is purely... Uh, mobile base. I mean, the times that I use my phone or iPad for dip is relatively limited. And the main reason being, it's just painful. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, actually yeah. the Apple interface is worse because I always get random words based on kind of typing too quickly. Obviously hit the wrong keys and it goes, oh, I think I know what you mean. And you end up with a gobbledygook and message. And a gobbledygook yeah. message and, you know, I'm too bloody lazy to actually proofread. So I send the message and go, oh, now I've got to... Then I actually reread it after I send it. you got a little star saying, oh, I meant this instead. And look, one example I found, for example, going way back when we had the Google Translate game. Oh, and yes. I was having to use my like mobile or, or um, iPad to get what someone was saying, copy, paste, and translate, see what it came back as... Then write my response and send it back. And it's like, oh. so it's hard. So, yeah, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do much rather prefer a, um, a normal computer, you know, whether it's a laptop or a desktop or whatever like that for these, yeah. these things. But And that and the, um, well, well, just on a bit of digression before we uh, wrap it up, um, the, 
the, the, the, the, the length and detail of the messaging is just not the same level of cohesion as if you're writing it on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I agree. So I guess that was a downside. But on the upside, you know, like the interface is clean, it's crisp, it's easy to use, it's intuitive, um, and, and I'm sure we'll get a lot of uptick in players using this if they're comfortable in the mobile environment. Yeah. You said when we um, we talked about that a couple of episodes back that maybe it'd be a good idea to get those those Frenchy lads on for uh, an interview. Have you done anything in that space? Uh, I've been pretty slow. Yeah. In sense. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It'd be interesting to get that, to chat to them. So I'll um, oh, I'm not making any promises. So we'll no, see what I can no, do yeah. in, that, in that space. Well, you know, hey, we, we did do that last interview. With we did Techno, Techno Star, Star. So, so yep. yeah, we should try to. Try to do a little bit more of that. Yeah, listeners like it. Yes, I like it. It's fun. Yes, it's interesting to talk to someone other than you about diplomacy. Yeah, yeah. nothing. Not that's anything wrong. We're talking to me. No, no, yeah, yeah, of course not. No, no. Anyway, so let's wrap it up, Andy, because um, because I'm getting tech support. You're getting tech support calls and getting a little bit. It was actually, and if you have another drink, that'll make it even harder to fulfil your tech support stuff. My tech support role. Anyway, so cheers. Cheers. I am Ambi. I'm Kana. And uh, thank you for listening to Diplomacy Games. As always, five stars on all the wonderful iTunes, I- Stitches, tunes, and all Stitches, of that, like, yeah, pods pod things. stuff around these stuff. Yeah. And remember, of course, by now we should hopefully have the uh, Patreon account up and running. Oh, yeah, and if yeah. you love the show and you want to get us even more drunk, or more particularly, get better recording oh, equipment. Better recording equipment, yep. Suck us a few bucks. Eventually, we'll either get better equipment or we'll get sloshed faster. <laughs> you should set it up so that there's a little thing. I'm donating money for better equipment. I'm donating money to get better drunks. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll yeah. look into that. See if see, I can see, do that. Because that would actually, regardless, <laughs> regardless of the outcome, it would make a really interesting insight into our audience and what they kind of... Um, what, what they're enjoying. What they about. really care yeah. about. Audio quality or just general pissiness. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, so, I think we've done enough and right. uh, let's and head on home. Uh, not with each other, of course, because, you know... We do live at different homes. Yes, we do. All right, well... <laughs> good night, all. Good night, good night.